to the Very Well Mind podcast. We've interviewed over 100 authors, experts, entrepreneurs, athletes, musicians, and others to help you learn strategies to care for your mental health. This episode is hosted by psychotherapist and best-selling author Amy Morin. Now let's get into the episode. You're listening to The Friday Fix. Every Friday, I share a quick mental strength strategy that can help fix the thoughts, feelings, and actions that can hold you back in life. Before I talk about today's topic, I wanted to share something amazing with you. We won a Webby Award for the best health and wellness podcast episode of the year. There were something like 70 million podcast episodes released last year. So we're beyond thrilled that one of our episodes won. It's the episode where actor and the host of America's Got Talent, Terry Crews, shares his story with us. We're honored that he chose to do so because that's how we start breaking the stigma surrounding mental health issues, by talking about them. If you haven't heard that episode yet, check out episode 174, Break Free from Shame with actor and host Terry Crews. Thank you to everyone who's been supporting this podcast. Now let's dive into today's episode. Today, I'm talking about panic attacks. You've likely heard someone say, "Ugh, I had a panic attack the other day. You might have even had one yourself. Or maybe you don't know if you've had one. There are a lot of misconceptions about what panic attacks are and how to deal with them. So I'm going to explain what a panic attack actually is, why they happen, and a really cool strategy that can help if you or someone around you is having one. Panic attacks are an intense fear that triggers physical responses in the body. People who experience a panic attack might experience symptoms like a racing heart, their hands might shake, they might get short of breath, they might have chills, or they might have hot flashes. They might say they're having chest pain, they might feel lightheaded, and they just might feel kind of numb in all of their limbs. I've had a lot of people in my therapy office describe really different symptoms, so those might not be the only things that you experience. One person will come into the office and say that they break out into a cold sweat and they struggle to see straight, or they feel like the room is going dark and their legs get weak. Someone else might come in and say that their heart starts to beat fast and they feel like they have this intense rush of energy and like they need to escape wherever they are. People with panic attacks experience a variety of emotional symptoms too. People will often say things like they are afraid that they're gonna lose control or they think they're about to die or they are convinced that something bad is about to happen, but they just don't know what it is. Other people say they feel detached from their bodies, and it's almost like they're watching themselves for a few minutes in a strange outer body experience. The one thing everyone seems to agree on is that the entire experience is terrifying, and they never want it to happen again. Usually a panic attack only lasts a few minutes, like at most 10 minutes in length. But the thing about a real panic attack is, at least in the clinical sense, is that they come out of the blue. That means you might have one when you're walking around the store or when you're just sitting on your couch at home or maybe while you're at work. Some people only ever have one or two in their lives. Other people start having them a couple times a week. People who have them often become preoccupied with making sure that they never have another one. They might go to great lengths to avoid anything they can think of that might trigger a panic attack. I once worked with a woman who had a panic attack when she was dyeing her hair at home. It was the first one she'd ever had. 
she decided it was probably just a reaction to the hair dye, so she was never going to dye her hair again. But then she had another panic attack while she was in a store. That store happened to sell hair dye. So she thought maybe her reaction was so strong that just being near hair dye could trigger it. So she stopped going to any store that sold hair dye. But then she had a panic attack in a movie theater. She thought maybe someone near her had dyed their hair. So she said, I'll just limit my time in public. This went on for a really long time until she realized it actually wasn't a reaction to the hair dye. She just had a panic attack that happened at random times. And she tried to look for what those random times might have in common so that she could prevent another one. She was just really desperate, like most people are, to find out what the cause is so that she can be in control and make sure that it never happens again. But that's the thing about panic attacks. You can't prevent them from ever happening. There usually isn't a trigger. By nature, by description, they come out of the blue to be a real panic attack. So when someone says, I got an email from my boss the other day saying that we needed to meet right away, and I had a panic attack, they probably didn't actually have a panic attack. They probably just experienced a lot of anxiety, but it wasn't out of the blue. It was because they got the email from the boss that caused them to feel anxious, something that would cause a lot of people to experience anxiety. Panic attacks aren't life-threatening, but a lot of people go to the ER for a panic attack because they think that there's something wrong with them physically like they're having a stroke or a heart attack. In fact, the emergency room is a common referral source for many therapists. When the doctors decide it's not a physical health problem, they often send the patient for mental health treatment if they decide that, in fact, it was a panic attack. Individuals with panic attacks usually respond really well to mental health treatment. Many people, by the time they see a therapist, though, have what's known as a panic disorder. That's when someone has had several panic attacks Now they're living in great fear of having another one, and it's impacting their ability to function. They might have trouble going to work, having a social life, or just managing day-to-day activities. One of the ways we often treat panic attacks involves exposure therapy. That means slowly introducing people to the symptoms of a panic attack. Depending on someone's symptoms, it could include anything from breathing through a straw to mimic the shortness of breath that they have with a panic attack, Or we might have them spin in an office chair for a minute so that they feel a little bit dizzy, like they might during a panic attack. We recreate the physical symptoms in a safe environment and then teach people healthy ways to cope. And then when people experience them in a safe setting, they often become less afraid of it happening when they're out in public. And when they're less afraid, they tend to think less about panic attacks, which usually makes them less frequent. But then they learn strategies for going about their daily lives without the constant fear of having another one. And then we often develop a plan for what to do if they have a panic attack, when they're in the store, when they're driving, or when they're at work. There are lots of strategies, but I'm going to teach you the one that seems to resonate best with people, and it's called the 54321 method. It involves using all your senses to bring you into the present moment. It's a grounding technique that helps you focus on what's happening around you and makes you less likely to start thinking thoughts that fuel a panic attack, like, I'm about to die or everyone's staring at me. The good news is this trick isn't just for full-blown panic attacks. It's helpful whenever you experience anxiety. Here's how 54321 works. Start by focusing on five things you can see. Look around and name things that you see right now. You might think chair, carpet, shoes, water bottle, and clock. When you're doing that, breathe slowly. And don't rush to find five objects. Instead, take your time, 
and really notice the shape, the color, and the size of each thing that you see. Next, focus on four things you can touch. Touching something can help you stay right in the present moment so you aren't worried about what's going to happen next. Find four objects that you can touch. Might be a notebook, a pillow on the couch next to you, your water bottle, or even your own arm. Notice the texture of each of those objects. Are they sharp, soft, heavy, fuzzy? Just take a second to really touch those things and think about how each one feels. Then, focus on three things you can hear. Pause and notice what you hear right now. You might become aware that there's a fan that's making a noise. Or maybe you can hear cars going by or a clock that's ticking. Try to count three things that you're hearing. You might have to stay quiet for a little bit to actually hear those things. Focus really hard on those sounds. You might find that some of those sounds are comforting, like the sound of a fan. But other things might sound too loud, like you suddenly might be aware of that the volume of the TV in the other room is really loud. Go turn it down. Notice which sounds you like and which ones you don't. Then, focus on two things you can smell. Now, this one can be a bit of a challenge depending on where you are but it's a really good way to elicit certain emotions. Some smells might trigger calming thoughts or happy memories. Others might trigger some discomfort, but either way, it's okay. And your job is to find two things you can smell, which might be coffee or perfume, or maybe you notice something that someone's cooking outside. Take a minute to really notice those scents. Then find one thing you can taste. You can put a piece of candy in your mouth or take a sip of coffee. In fact, you might carry a piece of candy around with you for just this reason in case you're in a store when you have a panic attack. Tasting something can help bring you back to the here and now. If you're in a place where you can't reach for something to taste, just imagine yourself tasting something, like maybe your favorite flavor of ice cream. There's been a lot of stuff on social media lately about eating something sour when you have anxiety, like a sour piece of candy. That strategy actually works. If the candy is really sour, it distracts you from your worrisome thoughts. So those are five things you can do to get through a panic attack. Focus on five things you see, four things you hear, three things you can touch, two things you can smell, and one thing you can taste. The goal isn't to make all of your anxiety go away forever, but doing this can help you from having all sorts of catastrophic predictions. And it can keep you from doing things that fuel your anxiety, like just pacing back and forth. And it will help you tolerate the uncomfortable feelings that will go away. A panic attack won't last forever. Quite often, people learn not to panic about having a panic attack when they start doing this. They find a strategy that works for them to get through it. And then they gain some confidence that they'll be okay if it happens again, which often leads to less anxiety overall and fewer panic attacks. If you aren't sure if you're having a panic attack or you have a physical health condition, go to the emergency room and get checked out first. Once you've been medically cleared though, if you're told it's anxiety, talk to a mental health professional if you can. Anxiety disorders are one of the most treatable yet undertreated conditions out there. Thank you for listening to the Very Well Mind Podcast. If you found this episode informative, please share the episode with your friends and family and leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about the Very Well Mind podcast, you can head to verywellmind.com slash podcast.